Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, we come to you on this Memorial Day Friday, the 22nd day of the month of May, as we begin what will be an unusual, to say the least, Memorial Day weekend. Casamigos Tequila, as always, brings you the program, brought to you by those who drink it. And we begin this weekend, and hopefully it's a safe one and uh, you find something interesting to do. I know the weather's not great tonight. It's not supposed to be great tomorrow. I even moved my golf up today because tomorrow looked bad. But Sunday and Monday look pretty good, so hopefully we salvage a couple of days out of this uh, very strange Memorial Day weekend. It's also uh, Howie will be with you at 6.30, bringing you Game 3 of the 2015 series. Uh, so Howie will bring you the pregame with the Mets as they continue to uh, do that. Uh, uh, you know, give you the games from the Yankees and the Mets to remember as we go through this for at least another while. Baseball won't be back probably till the 4th of July or later. Now, as you know, today, May 22nd, it's not only the start of Memorial Day weekend, and we uh, salute those as Memorial Day weekend is for to salute those who made the ultimate sacrifice, and we do that. Um, but it's also a day that the Mike and the Mayor program has always been linked to, and that is the whole Mike Piazza trade, okay? Did Mike and the Mayor Dog influence the trade, and how did that unfold? And I can tell you, it happened 22 years ago today, and I can tell you exactly what our role was, what our role wasn't, and how it played out. And this is exactly how it happened. Piazza goes to the, from the Dodgers to the, Mets, to the Marlins, okay? I'm driving by... Uh, Shea Stadium on a Tuesday night. The Mets are playing a makeup doubleheader after a rainout with the Reds. As I go over to Whitestone Expressway, I'm going home, not going to the game, but I can see into the stadium as always, and the place is empty. So the next day when I get to work, I'm saying, you know what? The Mets is like a ghost town. There's nobody there. They should make a move for Piazza. I said, you know, so Dog and I start talking about it, and the fans start to get into it. Well, it goes on that day and into Thursday. Thursday, I get a call from Piazza's agent who says Piazza wants to play for the Mets, and you know what? By tomorrow, he's going to be a Cub. 
So I'm like, well, why don't you call the Mets up? He says, well, we are, but we just want to tell you guys, too, because we know you've been drumming up Piazza, so we're just telling you, you know, uh, you know bang the drum because he wants to play for the Mets. But I'm telling you right now, he's not going to be here another day. He's going to go to the Cubs because they're not keeping him here. He's be, he'll be a Cub by Friday night. Okay, so it's Thursday, and we want to we keep banging it and banging it as Dog and I often did. You know, we stir things up and we're stirring it up with the fans and everything. We get Steve Phillips on, and Steve Phillips says, "Hundred percent, absolutely, no way, not happening." Fred Wilpon makes a statement, not happening, absolutely not happening. Steve comes on and just blows it out of the water completely. And we're like, Steve, why not? Makes sense. No, it doesn't. We're not doing it. Here's why we're not doing it. We got this. We got that. We got Hunley. We got this. We got that. We're not doing it. Too expensive. We're not making the move. We're like, you know, listen. There's not. So we kept it up, okay? We kept it up. We just kept pounding it and pounding it. Little do we know that after Wilpon says no and Steve Phillips had come on and basically thrown cold water. I mean, he had basically said in no uncertain terms, there's not a chance in hell that this is happening. Little did we know, and I never, and I had a very good relationship with, with Mr. Wilpon, but I also had a very good relationship with Nelson Doubleday. But I did never. I never spoke to Mr. Doubleday that week. I did speak to Piazza's agent. He called a couple of times that week. We tried to get Piazza on. He didn't want to come on, but he kept calling us, Piazza's agent. Uh, Piazza never came on. But and I never spoke to Doubleday. But we kept pounding on Thursday and pounding that they should get it. And we got the fans going crazy and they're calling the switchboard. And I gather they have a meeting. And at the meeting. Doubleday gets at the meeting and says, the boys, I was listening to the boys on the radio, and they're right. We should get Piazza. We should look into it. Now, I can't take you through the where's and wherefore of the trade because I was not part of that. But we did, according to, and Mr. Uh, Doubleday did tell me this. Nelson Doubleday told me this later on that year, that you guys actually did help convince me that this was a good idea. I actually was swayed by what you guys said. And then someone else in the organization told me the same thing, said I was at the meeting and it's absolutely true. You definitely did. And Mr. Doubleday told me this in the elevator when I go up in the elevator. He says, you know, you really had a big impact on that. You guys actually did influence me on this. I really thought it was a good idea. You made plenty of sense. We needed a drawing card. And amazingly that year they drew 14,000 before Mike, and then drew 31,000 a game. Think about the difference. Not only did they finish close, they didn't make the playoffs, they fell a game short, and Mike got off to a slow start, then went gangbusters. Hit 340, had 20-something homers, had a million late game homers. I mean, you know how good Piazza was. But the attendance was unbelievable. It went from 14,000 a game to in, in the middle of May to 31,000 a game the rest of the season. So it was a home run on every level. He becomes one of the great Mets. And, you know, I, what made me do it was more from a standpoint of here's a dormant franchise which is drawing flies to here's this guy that I just think could be an incredible drawing card. I, I was looking at it more from that standpoint than anything else. Um, I can tell you, never, 
spoke to Piazza. Never spoke. Did speak to Piazza's agent a couple times. He called a couple times on Thursday. Even called again on Friday morning. Uh, and he said, Mike is in the shower and he's an hour away from going to the Cubs. I remember that phone call. It was like about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock on Friday. Or whatever time it was. Uh, but he, that was his comment. Uh, you know, when we asked him to come on, he wouldn't come on. But he said, right now he thinks he's going to the Cubs. And that's all we heard with Thursday and Friday was he's going to the Cubs. And never spoke to Mr. Double. I, I would never have called Mr. Double. I didn't have that kind of relationship with him. But I did, you know, he always was nice to me at the ballpark. He'd always stop and chat and everything. I went upstairs in the elevator with him a couple of days later, and he told me. He says, you know, you guys had a big influence on, on this from that standpoint. You did convince me. It made plenty of sense. I thought it was a good idea. And I guess, you know, Doubleday, when he put his foot down, he was the senior partner. When he put his foot down, he got what he wanted. He didn't do it often. He did it here. And the rest, as they say, is history. So, uh did Mike and the Maydog have a, you know, did we make the trade? No. Did we maybe influence Mr. Doubleday into making a trade? Yeah, maybe. You know, where we pounded, we went crazy on it. And why did we go crazy on it? For this reason. It was causing the stir. The fans were getting revved up like crazy. It was getting a ton of publicity. It took on a life of its own. And you know how those stories are on the radio. They start taking off a, on, a, on a life of their own. Uh, you know, everyone now is thinking about Piazza. Everyone's waiting to see where Piazza is going. I saw today one story said that Piazza was going to spend his whole career in Florida. No, they had told Piazza, don't even bother renting. Stay in a hotel. You're not going to be here. I think it was Dombrowski, if I remember right, told him, you're not staying. We're, you're leaving. Uh, they were looking for a, a place for him immediately. They were, they, they were getting rid of him from the get-go. He was not staying. And I remember on Friday before the show started, maybe an hour before, I remember being in the back room, and they called me and said, you have a call in the, in the control room, and it was Piazza's agent. And he said, Mike's going to the Cubs. And that was on maybe like 11 or 12 o'clock on that Friday, if I remember right. I don't think it was on Thursday. I think it was on Friday. You know, nowadays, I, 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 it was before the, the trade came down. I think the trade came down. I think the earliest we heard about it was on Friday in the afternoon. I, 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 but again, now I don't remember that, exactly what time we heard about it. But before I heard about the trade, he said to me on the phone, Mike thinks he's going to the Cubs as of right now, not to the Mets. And that's the last I heard was that, and I think I even reported that, uh, saying that right now it looks like the Cubs are in the lead. We did not know that the Mets had entered into negotiations. And then next thing you know, boom, he's a Met. Uh, And I didn't know the extent of the Doubleday thing until after the fact. I did not know it as it happened that he had come in and said, hey, you know what? At the table, I was listening to the boys on the radio, and I agree with them. And that was one time where it actually made a big difference. I also think you fans made a big difference because I think you swamped the, the uh, swamped them with calls asking for Piazza. I think you swamped the switchboard asking for Piazza. I think that had a big impact too. And I think you added it all up and Piazza came and the rest is history. I mean, it was a great, great pickup. I mean, here was a guy who not only was a tremendous star, but he could fill ballparks. That's the rare guy, the guy who people will buy tickets to see. And Piazza was a slugger that people would buy tickets to see. He hit dramatic home runs, as you know. And he had a knack 
whether it was the Yankee Met series or obviously the Braves Cosse game after 9 11, Mike had a knack for hitting a big home run. Think about how many times he hit big home runs late in games or to win games or against the Braves or against the. I mean, Mike had a knack for the big home run. Killing Clemens in the Yankee Met games. I mean, he, he hit some of the longest home runs against the Yankees I ever saw. I mean, he, I remember one game against Clemens. He had a three-run homer and a triple. and a, I mean, he was wearing them out. Uh, you know, the Mets won that game like 8 nothing on a Sunday night. That was the day where they fired all the coaches before the game. And I went to the game at Yankees Stadium, and the Mets won like 8 nothing and pounded the Yankees. And Piazza went crazy in that game. But, I mean, so many times you saw him have big – he owned – just like Jeter owned the Mets. Jeter and Bernie Williams used to wear the Mets out, especially Jeter. But Piazza owned the Yankees, especially Clemens. He pounded the heck out of them. And, I mean, he, how exciting was he as a player? He was a great, dramatic, home run hitting star. That's what he was. And that's why it worked out so well. But that is exactly – how that week unfolded. I remember going by the building on the Tuesday night and reacting to the place being a ghost town at about 7 o'clock at night. And it started there on Wednesday. It went on Thursday. Steve Phillips came on and poured cold water on it. Fred poured cold water on it. And then the next thing you know, voila. No Cubs, Mets. And the rest, as they say, is history. That was 22 years ago today. Wow. I mentioned that uh, I would be a a proponent of the new rule to replace the onside kick. I saw that Andy Reid said that he would be old school and would rather they stick with the special teams, keep the integrity of the special teams. And the one problem with that for Andy is this. It's not the same as it used to be. The way they've put in the safety concerns and changed how you can line up on the onside kick has made it almost impossible to recover the onside kick. That's why the number is down to where it is now. It's down to 10%. So they've basically neutered the onside kick because of the safety concerns. So what I would say is if you're going, if you want to keep the foot in football and you want to say stay with the onside kick, then return the ability to line up in the way you could in the past so that you could actually attack it. You know, they've tried to make it as safe as possible. They've obviously tried to use safety concerns, which I understand. I understand the, 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 the idea of wanting to use safety concerns everywhere. But you've limited the ability to, to cover an onside kick, to be able to recover it. It's very difficult right now. It is very easy to cover, which is why you're only getting 10% conversion. That's too low. So either return to the old ways on the onside kick or give this a shot and see what happens for a year. And he's saying, hey, I got a guy who can complete fourth and 15, obviously. We all remember to play the Tyree Kill in the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, He did have to get away from a fierce pass rush, but he was very good at that. He had to get away from a fierce pass rush all day, Mahomes. Uh, but, um, again, fourth and 15 is not easy. It's not supposed to be. You're getting a possession out of it. Now, is there a risk? Of course there's risk. That's the idea of it. There's a risk-reward. I'm trying to get the ball back versus the idea of giving them the ball where they already have a field goal. 
Now, a lot of times, remember, in those games, they're just going to line up, run the ball into the line three times and kick, an ex- uh, kick a field goal and extend their lead. That's all they're going to do. They're not going to put the ball in the air because they're winning, and it's late in the game. So what they're going to do is try and run the clock out. If they can't do that, they're just going to take the ball, run it to the line three times, use up the, the clock as much as they can, kick the uh, field goal, and then you know start over again. So normally you're not going to give up touchdowns there anyway. I mean, if, it, if you started doing it earlier in the game, then they might score on you. But uh, either way, again, the idea is to put something into play that's viable. That's really the idea. Howie coming up at 6.30. He will give you the uh, set to say, the table for the Mets uh, playoff game from 2015. Let me get a call in here. Ken and Madawan, go ahead, Ken. Mike, what's going on? How are you, man? Good. What's happening? Hey, I want to know, a healthy Ken Griffey Jr. or Mike Trout? Who is a better all-around baseball player? That's a th- very, very close. I would say. Ken Griffey Jr. All right, I'm going to say. I'm going to say that. Based on, I would say it's. Thanks for the call. I would say that it is about as close as it can possibly be. But I think Trout has been a smidge more consistent. I think Griffey was actually flashier. Flashier with the glove. Both very prolific with the bat. I think that Griffey hit the more exciting home runs. But Trout's such a great player. Uh, I I think I would give it to a... I would call it 10-9.5. I think I'd give it to Trout 10-9.5. But I think it's that close. And just on consistency. I'd say this. Until... And I haven't seen as much of Trout as I saw of Ken Griffey Jr. I never saw Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays in their prime. I thought Ken Griffey Jr. was the most talented player I ever... At the top of his game, I thought he was the most talented player I ever saw on the field. I thought there were a couple of guys that were on that level. Uh, just a couple. But I'd say that he was probably it. Trout is one of them. though. Trout, and I think Trout has been a little more consistent. Just a smidge just a smidge more consistent. But that is a very close race between those two. They're both brilliant, brilliant talents. Mike in Port St. Lucie. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking the call. Yes. Uh, real quick. Uh, Flacco with the Jets doesn't make sense. Uh, I figured they just, I don't know. Bring well, well, you know a, a, a million and a half bucks for a backup. What, who can play? What, what's wrong with that? I guess my question to you is, uh, why has Kaepernick got a job yet? After this, you know, this... Because he's not worth the trouble. Because he he is a... But but he's not worth... First of all, Kaepernick's not a better player than Flacco. And number one... And you're you're not looking for someone who's a role player... You, you want someone at this stage who's a role player. You're not looking for a starter. You're looking for someone who at this stage is willing to be the role player. Why would you want to bring someone like Kaepernick, who's going to be up on the soapbox every day in New York, why would you want to do that to your team and create that kind not of the, headache for your team? Not the Jets, just 
in the NFL. Like, well, the, listen, that's a different story. You asked talent. me about you asked me about why didn't he get the job with the Jets? That's what you asked me. You didn't ask me uh, why he didn't get a job. I'm going to give you the answer. And thanks for calling. The reason why he doesn't get a job is because he's not worth his talent is not worth the trouble of all the commotion he's going to cause. He's going to cause division in your locker room. He's going to be a media headache for you on every time you turn around. He's going to cause a commotion in your locker room all the time that has nothing to do with your team. And he isn't good enough to be your best player. So if he's not going to be your starting quarterback, why do you want to bring all those problems to your team? It's not worth it. I wouldn't do it in a million years. He is going to cause, he is going to want attention. He's going to get attention whether he wants it or not. Just the fact that you bring him up tells you he's going to get attention. So why do you want the backup quarterback to get more attention than anybody else on your team? It's not a good situation if you're trying to build a winning team. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it makes no sense. It makes no sense for all the reasons I just gave you. Because the idea is to build a winning football team, not to have a commotion and a sideshow. Let me squeeze one more in real quick. John Hazlitt, go ahead, John. Hey. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, what's um, up? So I was, uh, I was a paramedic on uh, 9-11, and it's busy weeks after. Um, back then, didn't have DVR. Uh, was working the night of the Met return game, which I would have loved to have watched. Did not get to see it. I obviously knew what happened. Um, a couple years after, they did uh, the HBO documentary, Nine Innings to Ground Zero. And watched that, and when they played that Piazza home run on that, on that return game, it brought me to tears, and I, this was years after. That's, that's the type of guy that Piazza was, bringing those kind of memorable moments. That uh, home run, for a home run that didn't mean a great deal in terms of the standings or the season or anything else, it was the, biggest, it was the biggest home run that I've ever seen. I was in, uh, we did the show, for, and thanks for the call, we did the show from the stadium that day. Fred Wilpon called and asked Dog and I to do the show from the stadium that day. Of course, he wanted everyone to feel calm, and he thought that if they knew we were there from early in the day on, that we, people would relax. It was a good idea. We did the show from there. I was still there, obviously, all those innings later. And when he hit that home run, I saw, I would say, half the building was crying. It was one of the most emotional home runs or moments I've ever seen in a sporting event. And for a game that it, it mattered a lot because it brought sports back and it brought everybody back that night. So it had great meaning, but from a standpoint of baseball, it didn't have a lot of meaning, but from a standpoint of society, it had enormous meaning. It was one of the biggest moments and one of the most emotional moments I've ever seen at a sporting event in my entire life. Probably the most emotional moment I've ever seen at a sporting event in my entire life. That's how big it was. And it was typical Mike. That was what Mike was. Mike was about the big home run. Mike was about the big moment. That's who Mike was. Mike was dramatic. He was a dramatic slugger. He was a guy who hit big home runs in big spots. He was a star 
In every way, he was a star. Box office, everybody liked him, okay? Mothers liked him. Daughters liked him. He was handsome. They, everybody liked him. And he, and he hit the ball out of sight. Harry's got the Mets and a game from 2015. Casamigos Tequila sponsors the program, as always, brought to you by those who drink it. Uh, have a very safe and hopefully uh, enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. We'll be on Sunday, 9 to 1. We will not be on Monday. We'll be on Tuesday at 6 on the fan. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, be safe. We'll see you then. This is Brandon Tierney with a Radio.com Sports Minute. So, another day, some more Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys, soap opera, residue drama. Either pay the guy or don't. But here's something if I'm Dak, I might consider doing. 2020 season coming up, I'll play on the tag, and I'll play on the tag next year as well. And then, because you'll be unable to tag me a third straight time, it'll be far too punitive, roughly 50-something million dollars a year, I will then hit free agency at the age of 28 years old. And at that point, if I'm truly, fully willing to bet on myself and deliver the goods, then I stand to make even more than what the Dallas Cowboys are offering me now. Listen, eventually, I think it gets done, and I think Dak remains in Dallas. But, boy, there's a lot of smoke on both sides to wonder, what the heck is taking so long to get to the altar? You want to marry each other or no? Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem, you just... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.